It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. It's right down there if you're watching the show on YouTube, because every single Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. Either at me or DM me to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. And today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find a candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. We are still about 18 days away till week one of the Carolina Panthers 2022 season as they'll welcome the Cleveland Browns on September 11th at Bank of America Stadium. And I'm sitting here having similar thoughts that I had this time last year. Look at the schedule a year ago. Heading into the season, we had this exact same conversation. Could the Carolina Panthers get the 3-0 and get off to a hot start in year two of Matt Rule? They were playing the New York Jets, who were bringing in Robert Sala, had a brand new rookie head uh, quarterback in Zach Wilson, and the game was at home. The Jets, annually one of the worst teams in the NFL, have not been in the playoffs since 2010. That was a game the Carolina Panthers absolutely should win. And they won that game. They didn't win it going away. Sam Darnold got his revenge. Robbie Anderson got his revenge as the two linked up on a 57-yard touchdown right before the half there in that game. The Panthers won that game. Week two. You looked at New Orleans. Okay, Sean Payton's still there. Jameis Winston had his struggles. The famous or really infamous 30 for 30 season a couple years ago with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arians decided let's move off of him and bring in the GOAT, Tom Brady. So Jameis was there in New Orleans as a reclamation project following Drew Brees' retirement. That seemed like another winnable game at home, which it was. The Saints had a litany of their coaches who were out due to COVID. Michael Thomas didn't play. Marshawn Lattimore didn't play. And a ton of the defensive starters and even a couple offensive players did not play in that game. And Carolina beat the brakes off the New Orleans Saints. Then looking at week three, short week on the road, Thursday night football, Houston Texans, another team with a brand new head coach and David Culley who no one thought was going to last the season. He was only supposed to be a coach there for one year, and, well, that happened to be the case, even though he outperformed all expectations. But again, another team with an island of misfit free agents the Carolina Panthers should beat, and that they did. They got off to a 3-0 start, and everyone was happy. And then, as we know, it all came crashing down as they went to 5-5 and and then lost the last seven games of the season. I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers' schedule again to start off the season and thinking – this team could repeat what they did last year in starting off 3-0. Let's look at week one against the Cleveland Browns. 
Deshaun Watson's out for the first 11 games of the season. Also has a $5 million fine because of all his, um, let's call them extracurricular activities outside of football. He will not be there week one. Instead, the Carolina Panthers will get Jacoby Brissett. And who's going to be starting for the Carolina Panthers? None other than Baker Mayfield, who the Cleveland Browns kicked out the door saying that they wanted an adult in the room. And that adult turned out to be Deshaun Watson. In the long run, we'll see how it works out for Cleveland. Deshaun certainly has been a better player than Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position um, back here in the NFL. And back in college, you can kind of debate who was better. It doesn't matter. Uh, But Deshaun Watson, maybe he works out for Cleveland, or maybe he never is the guy he was before. Last time we saw him play during that 2019 season when he led the NFL in passing. Cleveland's still going to have Jadavion Clyde. They're still going to have Denzel Ward. They're still going to have – Miles Garrett, who spoke to the media on Tuesday and talked about how it's not a rivalry game for me playing against Baker and the Browns and Panthers aren't rivals. If I can get some sacks, that would be great. Didn't really offer too much about his opinions of Baker Mayfield. Don't know what that relationship was at all, but Baker let it be known on Monday when he was announced starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers that week one matchup against his former team who booted him out the door that it's going to mean something to him. He's not going to focus on it as he's focused on the Buffalo Bills in the week three preseason dress rehearsal for the Carolina Panthers as the expectation is he'll play at least a quarter, maybe into the second quarter. We'll see. He's focused on that. But once we get past that, the Carolina Panthers have their 53-man roster and we're into week one. He's going to be all in on trying to show Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, and the Browns ownership that they made the wrong decision by treating him the way that they did. Did they make the wrong decision by bringing in Deshaun? Only time will tell. That is a game at home the Carolina Panthers, I think, should win. If you're facing Jacoby Brissett, the Browns are down their top two centers. That is a game I think Carolina at home should win. We'll see what happens, but I'm going to count that as a W. At least a you-gotta-win-this-game kind of W if you want to bounce back this year and be in contention for the wild card or potentially, like I think, the NFC South crown. Week two at New York. The most embarrassing loss of the season came at the hands of the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium. Sam Darnold made his return back to the stadium where he first started off his career with the New York Jets, and he played like he played when he was there for three seasons with the Jets, ending up getting benched in favor of P.J. Walker in that game. And I told you all later that day, I told you this was going to be the result. Sam Darnold can't play. Well, fortunately, Sam Darnold, fingers crossed, will not be playing in that game as Baker should once again be the starter. The Giants have a new head coach in Brian Dable. They're still going to try out Daniel Jones. Pretty much, and we've talked about this, that photo of OBJ in the receiving core down in Miami right before the wildcard game a couple years ago when Ben McAdoo was the head coach, that ended the Giants franchise. They have not been the same since. I like that. I love Daniel Jones for being a Charlotte guy. I have not seen nearly enough from him in the first two years to think that he's going to turn around this upcoming season. I hope that he does. He might be a Duke guy. I'm wearing my Carolina shirt. Charlotte over everything. I want Daniel Jones to succeed, but not in week two. That's the game where the Carolina Panthers should win. Then you come to week three, back home, Bank of America Stadium, a Saints tilt early on in the season like again, like we had last year. Don't think there's going to be COVID issues. Hopefully not. Jameis Winston. Still kind of coming back. Had another injury last year, then suffered one a couple weeks ago with his foot in training camp. Wide receiver core is going to be a whole lot better for New Orleans this upcoming season. I still think that's a good roster. I already told you all, though, at the very least, in my opinion, the Carolina Panthers should be going 4-2 in the NFC South, which means sweeping Atlanta, splitting against Tampa and New Orleans. You got to win the home games against those two teams in the division if you want to have a chance to be in the wild card or take home the NFC South division title. 
That is a game again. I think the Carolina Panthers absolutely have a shot to win. So I'm looking at it. Like last year, and it seemed a lot more feasible a year ago because those were easy wins against the Jets and against the Texans. Those were must-have games for Carolina entering year two. I look at week one. I already pointed out the advantages. Cleveland's still going to be a team that's going to try and compete and be in the wild-card picture until Deshaun Watson comes back in week 13 against, of course, his former team in the Houston Texans. But that's a game I think they should win. The Giants, you got to beat New York, especially if you want to be a playoff team this upcoming year. And in New Orleans, at home, got to win division games. I would not be surprised if in year three, a year where Matt Rule has to win or get the hell out of town, if the Carolina Panthers get back to a flying 3-0 start. Now you hear that, and I'm sure you're asking yourself, okay, cool, well, they did that a year ago. What should make me believe that they're actually going to sustain that and it's not going to be another 5-12 and season? Well, there's a couple reasons, and I'll tell you why here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. As you gear up for fall, you're going to need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. And by the way, I'm pretty sure I found my job over at NASCAR with the Motor Racing Network on LinkedIn Jobs. So it does help create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and potentially hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so... I'm all in on the Carolina Panthers being a team that could get back to 3-0 to start out the season like a year ago. It's not as much of a slam dunk as it was last season. New York, the Jets, they're trash every year. Houston, no one expected that team to win even two games a season ago. I think they ended up winning four. Still told David Kelly, get out of town, landed on Lovey Smith instead. Don't know how that's going to make them any better. And you're playing a rookie quarterback in Davis Mills after Tyrod Taylor was injured. Now they're hoping that Davis Mills might be the guy. Again, don't really care about what's going on in Houston, but those are two easy W's when you looked at Matt Rule's team getting better entering year two. And then you had New Orleans, week two at home, early season, divisional round game, knew the boys would be up for it, and boy were they as they beat the brakes off of a beaten and battered and COVID-infested New Orleans Saints team. Don't know 
if they'll be as fortunate this upcoming season. I certainly hope not because I don't want to hear the excuses from Locked On Saints host Ross Jackson or any of the folks out there in Houdat Nation. Now looking at the schedule this year, it's not as much of a slam dunk. But there are games I'm looking at them. And considering you're entering year three, Matt Rule has to win or please leave my city forever kind of year. And I'm someone who wanted Matt Rule to come back that didn't think that after two seasons, it made any sense to get rid of Matt Rule. He wasn't a Joe Judge type of disaster. It wasn't Jim Tom Sola. Certainly, he could use a better PR staff around him to get him to stop saying such ridiculous things. And I haven't loved how he's handled the quarterback situation at times as Baker Mayfield was off target on Monday because, hey, he hasn't gotten nearly enough snaps. And it hasn't helped that a lot of his wide receivers, including Terrace Marshall, were not available. But we'll talk about that here in a few moments. On Locked On Panthers, don't love the Icky Aquanu situation. He just, he makes a lot of mistakes and just a lot of unforced errors. My hope, though, is that the rule of three, where in year one, not very good. Year two, improve. Year three, have that breakout season. I'm hoping that can carry over to this season in the NFL. Cleveland, like I said, home game, no Deshaun Watson. You're playing Jacoby Brissett. Anytime you're playing a backup quarterback and you're at home, I know, I know, I know. There's going to be a ton of Ohioans, Cleveland Browns fans that live here in Charlotte. I already know one of my good friends, her boyfriend's a Cleveland Browns fan. I'm sure he and all his Ohio friends are going to go try and pack Bank of America Stadium. Unfortunately, that's the reality. They're here living in our beautiful city, and they refuse to adopt our teams. The Panthers haven't really given them much reason to, but also you're a Browns fan, so why the hell are you still rooting for that team? But I digress. That's the game they got to win. Week two at New York. Cannot get embarrassed again. Brian Dable, I don't know whether he has the goods or not. Josh Allen's really good. How much of that was Dable? We'll see. Daniel Jones leaves a lot to be desired. I'm rooting for the guy. Got to win that game. And then week three at home against New Orleans, four and two. Got to split against the Saints and Bucks. And conventional wisdom says the best way to do that is by winning those home games. So, all right. Not maybe as easy as a year ago. The one game that you for sure should win is New York, and that's a road game. And Cleveland, I'd say the same thing. That's a game that you should win. New Orleans, kind of a toss-up. But 3-0, definitely on the table. So the Panthers do happen to beat the Browns, the Giants and the Saints, to start off the season 3-0 once again. Why should you feel any differently about that actually leading to a successful, possibly winning Maybe 10-win season, like I told y'all yesterday, I think it's going to be 10-7. and seven. Well, here's reason number one. Baker Mayfield's a quarterback. Baker Mayfield's going to be coming out spitting fire and is going to be just mad as all hell to try and show Cleveland that he is better and that he should not have been treated the way that he was. Remember talking about when he said uh, he woke up feeling dangerous? I feel like he's going to wake up feeling a whole bunch of things come the morning of September 11th in that home opener against the Browns. And Baker is a better quarterback than Sam. They went up 3-0 last year with Sam Darnold, and Sam looked pretty good. We'll see what Baker looks like to start off the season. I do have some concerns just based off of the injuries and the lack of amount of snaps he's gotten to play. But he caught up far quicker than Sam Darnold could and outplayed him once he was able to get comfortable starting week two of the training camp down in Spartanburg at Wofford College. So I think Baker Mayfield is a player who could be the comeback player of the year in the NFL. And if he does that, he'll be here in Carolina. And he might show that he is a long-term answer here. But he is someone who's already proven in Cleveland that he can take a franchise that was once dormant and lead them to the playoffs and win a game. Baker Mayfield is one of the reasons why. You have got a better quarterback through the course of a 17-game season than you had a year ago. 
what was one of the major issues outside of quarterback a year ago? And one of the reasons that y'all have tried to give Sam Darnold the pass for being terrible last year, the offensive line stunk. Well, shouldn't be the case this year. Terrell Moten's back at right tackle, new starter at right guard and Austin Corbett. Eventually, you're going to have a new starter at center and Bradley Bozeman when he gets back healthy. Apparently, he was out there on Tuesday working out already out of the boot. They said two to three weeks was going to be the time he was out with that high ankle sprain. So maybe there is some hope he might start week one, even though I'm sure they're probably going to start Pat Elfline. And that kind of makes sense considering he's been taking a lot of first team reps and he's actually healthy right now. Then you look at left guard, Brady Christensen, and then at left tackle, the savior of the left tackle position, Iki Aquanu, the hometown kid out of NC State. That unit's going to be much better. And if you do have an injury, like we've already seen with Bradley Bozeman, someone like Pat Elfline can step up and play at center. Or we could play at left guard. They have Michael Jordan, who played snaps at left guard a year ago. You have Cam Irving, who's a swing tackle, who can start for you in a pinch if you need him to do that. And, hell, if Icky goes down, you can have Brady Christensen slide out to left tackle and then put Cam Irving at left guard. I would rather that situation. A far better scenario as there's true depth on the offensive line than a year ago. That's another reason why you should think that it's actually sustainable if the Panthers start off 3-0. And the offense as well won't be uber-reliant on Christian McCaffrey. You have DJ Moore. You have Robbie Anderson. Terrace Marshall, if he ever can get healthy. Rashard Higgins has looked really good. Shai Smith, if he makes the roster, has had his moments. And he's had a really good camp, according to Matt Rule, so far. So you have those playmakers. Maybe you get something out of the tight end position. Who knows? Maybe Giovanni Ricci, who is the fullback, might be the best pass-catching tight end on his team. For whatever reason, they believe in Ian Thomas. Can year five be the year where Ian Thomas finally shows the potential to be a threat in the passing game? We will see. Tommy Trimble is someone that y'all like a lot. It takes time to develop at that position, as we've seen with Ian Thomas. And Tommy Trimble wasn't necessarily... One of those key pass-catching tight ends at Notre Dame. You look over the cro- uh, across the recent history of Notre Dame players, you look at Tyler Eifert, you look at um, Kyle Rudolph. A lot of those guys were really good pass-catching tight ends in college, and that translated to the NFL. So it's going to take Tommy Trimble to get up to speed there. But I don't look at Chris McCaffrey as being someone who's going to be the constant safety valve like he's been the last couple of years. And what I think has led to his injuries is the overusage. Why? Because the quarterback play has been terrible. You've had Kyle Allen, who – Oh, my God, what I do? Christian McCaffrey. Sam Darnold. Oh, my God, what I do? Christian McCaffrey. Teddy Bridgewater didn't get too many of the opportunities, but when Christian's been out there, it's been just throw it to McCaffrey, one in doubt. That's what we're going to go to. With Baker, I expect him to spread the ball around and share the love, and he's going to need to because there's a lot of wide receivers on this team I think who can make plays are going to want to see the ball. So that's a yet another reason. Christian McCaffrey should be able to stay healthy, and if he's not healthy, you have Deontay Foreman. And Chuba Hubbard, who I think can make a pretty good pairing in the backfield in the event that Christian McCaffrey once again misses time. Uh, by the way, guys, the defense was really good last year. They're only a year older. Brian Burns is coming off a Pro Bowl season. Jeremy Chin hopefully can be a Pro Bowler. Steve Wilkes is talking about turning that man into an All-Pro one day. Derek Brown, Etor Grossmatos, two of the top picks in the 2020 draft. It's their time to really shine in that offensive line or that defensive line this upcoming season. And the linebacker position should be better. Damian Wilson, Corey Littleton. We've already seen what Brandon Smith, the rookie out of Penn State's done so far during the preseason. Looks like that defense is going to be good once again. And now let's not say good. Let's go from good to great. And what could help them get to go from good to great? Uh, Dante Jackson staying healthy. JC Horn staying healthy. CJ Henderson. Also a former top 10 pick in the 2020 draft. If he can be healthy, because he apparently was putting the clamps on a lot of people, or I guess more so seatbelt on a lot of folks down there in Spartanburg at Wofford College. So I'm looking at the defense. 
They're only going to get better. A year older, even more talented than last season. That unit should be one of the top ones again in the NFL. And special teams has been a problem. Zane Gonzalez has been making every single kick so far during the preseason and during training camp. Chris Tabor comes in after you leading top 10 units in Chicago with the Bears. He's here now. Andre Roberts has been an all-pro. Johnny Hecker was part of the all-decade team. I don't know, maybe dude might be a Hall of Famer. He's that good of a punter. Special teams has been a disaster under Chase Blackburn over the last couple of seasons. The Carolina Panthers have lost games, particularly when you look at the place-kicking game because of how bad they've been in special teams. This season, I've said it before, they could be good enough to, for one or two more wins this upcoming year. That takes you already to five to seven wins from a year ago if they were able to do that. So special teams improvement is yet another reason to think that it might be sustained. And overall, when you look at everything I just said, Baker Mayfield, the offensive line, the offense having more weapons where they don't have to be overly lying on Christian McCaffrey and Baker being able to spread the ball around. The defense filling those holes and getting a year older with a lot of those core foundational pieces. Special teams improvement. The Carolina Panthers have a better overall roster than they had a year ago. I did not have high expectations with Carolina. I thought they'd be 8-9. and nine. Maybe I probably should have gone 7-10. and 10. I did not think Sam Darnold was the answer. I had my questions about the offensive line. I just trusted that they would take a step in the win-loss column. They did not do that. But the defense got a lot better, and they found a place kicker. There were some positives to take away from a season ago. DJ Moore doing his thing once again. I just look at everything that Scott Fitter has done to build this offense and build this defense and this overall roster this past offseason, even dating back to last offseason. And I think if Carolina is able to get past the Browns in week one, win on the road at MetLife against the Giants, and then beat the Saints once again to start off 1-0 in the NFC South, I feel like they can actually sustain it this upcoming season, particularly when you look at all the home games they have in the first eight weeks of the season. I think the Carolina Panthers are a much better team. That's why I've been bullish and think that they can be 10-7, and seven, but really it all starts with the quarterback, the offensive line, and then that defense doing what it did a year ago and building upon that. So, yeah, if Carolina starts off 3-0, everyone should rightfully have their doubts because we're always just waiting for the shoe to drop, but not this year. They start off 3-0. I think that thing's going to last. Now, unfortunately, what did not last was the Carolina Panthers keeping three quarterbacks. Might actually be a good thing, but Matt Corral officially was placed on the season-ending IR. And, man, can Terrace Marshall and these wide receivers get healthy because they need to get on the same page with Baker Mayfield? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team 
every day. Matt Rule said on Monday when speaking to the media after announcing that Baker Mayfield would be the starting quarterback for week one for your Carolina Panthers that it would be until Tuesday. It would not be until Tuesday until they were able to announce what was going to happen with Matt Corral. The expectation was always he was going to go on season-ending IR. Now the decision of whether he's going to have surgery or just try and heal it naturally with his List Frank injury in his foot. That's still to be determined by Matt Corral. We will not see him the rest of the way during his rookie season, which is truly unfortunate and puts the Panthers in somewhat of a bind as they are putting all their hopes into Baker Mayfield. And if Baker fails, as I told you all before, it looks like the Carolina Panthers' best path forward is to, one, hire a new head coach because Matt Rule will not be here next season if Baker Mayfield does not work out. He's not going to get a fourth opportunity to try and find a new starting quarterback to help them get over the top and get that sustained success that we were promised uh, by owner David Tepper here in Carolina. That will not happen. The Carolina Panthers' best course action from then would be to draft a rookie quarterback in the first round. What a novel concept. Probably something they should have already done, but for whatever reason, they have not done that. They have failed conventional wisdom. When you have a new head coach and GM, you usually go out there and draft a quarterback in the first round, but they've been chasing really their own tail like a dog, trying to find a new quarterback who could finally give us what we all were wanting, the Lombardi Trophy. Well, that has not happened to this point, and hope is that Baker Mayfield will be here. Now, also the problem is Matt Corral will not even get a chance to play on Friday night in the preseason game or whatever limited snaps he was going to get in practice throughout the season and grow and develop. Now it's just going to be mental reps, and mental reps are great, but if you're not actually playing, it's really hard to get used to the speed of the game, which he probably wasn't going to see any time in the NFL season this upcoming year anyways. If he would have, that would have mean that the entire season would have gone right down the drain. So Matt Corral was going to be out for the rest of the season. And uh, according to uh, Jason, I think it's Alexander of um, OverTheCap.com, he says uh, third-round picks typically have split salaries in their rookie seasons. So Matt Corral is going to uh, lose $275,000 this year because of his injury. So tough break there for the third rounder out of Ole Miss. Hopefully a quick recovery, and hopefully for him, he gets an opportunity to play competitive snaps here in Carolina. At this point in time, really hard to see that being the case. The Panthers had to get down from 85 to 80 players by 4 o'clock on Tuesday. So Corral's one of those guys going on IR. Duke Dawson, who was signed right after Sean Melvin retired on the second day of training camp down in Spartanburg at Wofford College. He is on IR with a groin injury. Hard to see that he's going to play any sort of factor here in Carolina because of that. And then tight end Jared Scott was waived, which is kind of surprising considering the lack of tight ends that they have healthy right now in Carolina and their ability to practice. Uh, the team also waived offensive tackle Austin Pleasant and linebacker Kalen Tolson on Monday. So they are now down to the 80-man roster limit they have until – Next Tuesday, August 30th at 4 p.m. to get from 80 to 53, the real roster cut down. And we have a lot of broken dreams. Plenty of those guys, I'm sure, will be able to make it to the practice squad. As Once again, I believe they're going to have 16 practice squad players. So 69, nice, um, on the roster for the Carolina Panthers with 53 active players. And none of those guys were going to be on the active roster except for Matt Corral. So, again, speedy recovery. A lot of questions, though. When we're talking about speedier recovery, about the health of the Panthers' offensive unit. Terrace Marshall, on Friday night following that preseason game in Foxborough, Matt Rule said, we got to get Terrace healthy. He's got to start practicing. We need him out there. And let's not forget, this is the same coaching staff. I know there's been some change, but the same regime that cut Eli Apple 
because he was talking about how he wasn't healthy enough to practice. And they're like, you know what? We're not going to put up with this. You need to fight through some injuries. Look at Dante Jackson. Back in 2020, first year here, Matt Rule was fighting through that turf toe all season long. It's a really tricky injury. The only way to kind of fix it is either surgery or rest. And that wasn't an option for Dante that season, but he powered through it. Plenty of guys week in and week out go out there and they're injured. And Terrace Marshall came here to Carolina after having knee issues at LSU, was in a red jersey when he first came here in, in OTAs and mandatory minicamp, was pretty much a non-participant. Only saw a piece of him last season in the preseason. Did see him play. Well, yeah, I think he had a touchdown reception, I think, against Pittsburgh. Almost got in the year. Didn't see a lot of Terrace. Didn't make a major impact. Brandon Zilstra had a bigger impact as a receiver last season for the Carolina Panthers and on special teams than Terrace Marshall had. And if Brandon Zilstra's your number three wide receiver, that's a problem. And Terrace has just not been healthy the last two, three weeks. Got off to a really good start. There was a bunch of talk about him back during the spring in May and June that, hey, this could be a breakout season for Terrace Marshall. And it was getting me excited thinking about DJ coming back, Robbie hopefully bouncing back with Baker, then Terrace to have that three-headed monster at wide receiver, and then you add in Christian McCaffrey. Well, we haven't gotten to see that the last couple of weeks, and I don't know how Matt Rule's feeling about Terrace Marshall, whether they're thinking about trading him. I don't think that's something they need to do. I don't know if any team out there is all that interested in a player who has just failed to show that he can stay on the field, and, and that's been Terrace Marshall's problem. He has the hamstring injury. I, I never had one of those. Back when I was playing sports in high school, and I never really had any of those in my life, period. So I don't know what the recovery time is. It seems like it's also one of those that with a soft tissue injury, you just got to rest it. He's not someone who's been able to battle through it. Like J.C. Horn, been chomping at the bit to get out there, and he's been trying to battle through his foot soreness after breaking his foot a year ago, and he's shown that toughness. I'm not trying to say that Terrace Marshall's soft. He's not shown that toughness. But the head coach certainly seems to be saying that to all of us right now. So I'm concerned about that as he was out of practice on Monday and then was not there on Tuesday back in a red uniform. And he wasn't the only wide receiver out in a red uniform. Robbie Anderson, he's had his own issues. Andre Roberts, Brandon Zilstra, and in the tight end position. We keep asking ourselves, is a tight end going to emerge this year? It's going to be really hard to see him emerge when none of them are even available to practice throughout the preseason. Ian Thomas, Colin Thompson, Stephen Stephon Sullivan, all three of those guys are also not available. So it's pretty much down to Tommy Trimble and um, Giovanni Ricci playing fullback and tight end. And I don't hate the idea of Ricci just going back to tight end. I know that you're going to have to use the field fullback at some point in time if that's what they want to do. Clearly, he's probably our best receiving tight end at this point in time. Why not? give him an opportunity, especially since he can stay healthy and the rest of these guys can. And it's going to be really hard for Baker Mayfield. We talked about this, the criticism that we have of Matt Rule about how he's handled the quarterback situation. We knew July 6th, anyone who had any common sense or any sense at all really knew that it was going to be Baker Mayfield. The Panthers were not going to trot out Sam Darnold week one after trading for Baker. And even they thought Sam was better, Baker's got the revenge game of the century. You got to let him play in that. And if he sucks, then fine, play Sam. No, but also do not play Sam. They were never going to do that. But splitting reps between Baker and Sam was foolish. Did not make a ton of sense. I get the whole meritocracy, you got to earn it, and you want the team to respect you as a head coach and respect this guy, he's got to earn their trust. Sure, but you didn't do that last year with Sam Darnold. You didn't do it with Teddy Bridgewater. Why were you doing it at Baker Mayfield? Certainly learning from your, from your mistakes, I guess, with Matt Rule and trying to actually have competition. You didn't have it before, but damn, dude. You wasted all that time, and now Robbie's not healthy. Terrace is not healthy. Zilstra, who we'll see if he even makes the roster. Thomas is not healthy. Thompson's not healthy. You got When the majority of your receiving core is on the shelf, it's going to be really hard for Baker Mayfield, who was already behind the eight ball as it was, trying to gain some sort of continuity 
and timing with the receivers, it's going to be so difficult now. And the Panthers, they, they got 18 days before that Cleveland game. And I've already had kind of concerns of, you know, I look at that game, Baker should go off. But it's also part of me is thinking, okay, well, he should. Hasn't gotten as many reps as he should have. His receivers are not healthy. DJ Moore and him should be on, a, on the right page. Him and Shai Smith have been on the right page. Him and, of course, Rashard Higgins have been on the right page. But I don't know what that's going to look like come week one. How much Higgins is going to play if Smith is even going to be on the roster? Like Robbie and Terrace, those are supposed to be wide receiver two and wide receiver three, and they're not out there. So that's one thing that does concern me. And this also could be a big chance for C.J. Saunders. And we talk about guys going through injuries and trying to come back and bounce back. C.J. Saunders had a quad injury. They talk about he'd be out for two to three weeks. I think he came back to him like right on the two-week mark. He's got a big game on Friday night. Not going to play as many snaps as he would have a week ago against New England. Now is a chance for a lot of guys to earn jobs. But he has a chance to find his way back into the receiver room, especially with Zilstra, who is not a returner. And on Saunders, has been a returner. With Zilstra out with injury, maybe he can go out there and take his roster spot. Now the quarterback, they're not going to take three quarterbacks. That's going to open up a slot. Do they take seven receivers instead of six? And Andre Roberts, apparently, he's going to be in there taking a spot as a returner. Like, that's taking away from the offense where you don't have a guy who's really going to be out there as a wide receiver. I'm sure they're going to probably place him out there, but that's not what he's brought in here to do. Is C.J. Saunders going to step up, be healthy, tough it out, and find a way to make this roster? He's got a couple days to figure it out and try and find a way. We will see how that pans out. But, damn, Terrace, starting to really get concerned about your health and whether you actually will be a factor here in Carolina this season or even beyond. So that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, again, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Guys, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked on Panthers YouTube channel. Thank you so much to everyone out there who has supported the show via YouTube. And thank you to everyone who listens to us wherever you get your podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Locked on Panthers. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, for every single Friday. I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Either at me or DM me, at Julian Council, over there on Twitter. In the meantime, stay safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to y'all on Thursday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.